Thank you so much for joining the Women and Faith podcast. I'm Stephanie Schwartz, the host of Women in Faith, and we're here to help women trust and obey God by knowing and applying His Word. I have here with me today my good friend, Bernadette Terzich Katanik, and we usually start by talking about or mentioning who the person is or what they do, but we're going to kind of table that for a second because we're going to really hear from Bernadette throughout the next two sessions. Uh, We're going to talk about her amazing story as we look at trusting God, uh, trusting God specifically when times are tough. So thanks so much for joining me, Bernadette. Thank you for having me. And I would like to begin by reading one of Bernadette's two favorite verses. Uh, the first one that she mentioned to me is Lamentations 3, 22 and 23. Uh, the verse says, The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. And as we hear uh, Bernadette's story, I think it's going to become more evident uh, why that's one of her two favorite verses. Um, But Bernadette, let me begin by asking you, can you share a little bit about your childhood? Maybe where you were born, uh, what your parents are like, where you grew up, uh, anything like that? Sure. Um, So I was actually born in Toronto, Canada. Um, My mom met my dad when she was 19 and he was 20. Hmm. He actually was from Ohio. Okay. So when they got married, she moved to Ohio thinking the United States would be so much better than Canada Okay, and realized that Ohio was just as cold (laughs) as Toronto. (laughs) And... um, they're um, they're both Vietnamese, by the way. So oh, okay. growing up in Vietnam, it's humid and hot, and there's mm. no snow. Wow! Yeah, so that's she, a huge difference. Huge. Yeah. So when she moved to Ohio, she said no, thank you. <laughs> and um, when they had me, they had me in Toronto, and so they packed up when I was about two. Okay. And left Ohio to go to California. Okay. Wow. Yep. So. That's where we ended up, and I've been here for all of my life. Okay. Um, And we've grown up, um, I've grown up all around California. My parents um, were still in college, and they were working, so they, um, we just didn't have a lot of money, so we moved a lot, Mm. and we moved um, to different schools every, I went to a different school every year from kindergarten until sixth grade. Wow. Yeah. That's crazy. Mm Mm-hmm. Now, you said both of your parents are from Vietnam. Yes. Have you ever been there yourself? I've never been there. Wow. Yeah. I would love to. Yeah, me too. It (laughs) seems like a really neat place to go. And do they speak Vietnamese? They do. Oh, wow. And I do too. Oh, no way. Yeah. Oh, that's so cool. Yeah. So did you have Canadian citizenship when you were born or? Um, I don't have a Canadian passport, but Mm -hmm. I think because I was born there, Mm -hmm. I could have dual citizenship Hmm. if I wanted to. Yeah. How fun. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's super exciting. So your parents moved around quite a bit. They did. Yeah. That's Mm -hmm. crazy going to all those schools as a young child. Was that hard on you? Or yeah, it was yeah, really yeah. hard actually. Yeah. Um, and I grew up where I, you know, was shy. I was shy mm. as a child, and so having to put myself out there and yeah. to meet new friends that yes. was really hard for me. Super hard. And then leaving the friends was really hard for mm. me. Yeah, totally. Yeah. 
So where did you go to high school? Um, we actually ended up in Newport Beach. Oh, fun. And um, my parents, all my life too, um, were very much great cooks. And oh, so wow. they opened up restaurants. Wow. And ended up opening one in Corona Del Mar. Oh, wow. That's a nice area. Super nice area. Yeah. And we were the first um, Vietnamese restaurant to open in Corona Del Mar. Oh, that's so cool. Mm-hmm. And um, I ended up going to Corona Del Mar High School. And that's where I ended up you know, staying put. So I was right. there from sixth grade until I was a senior in high school. Oh, wow. That's great. So do you still have friends or people that you contact I do. from? I yeah. do. Oh, that's so neat. Yeah. So what did you do after you graduated high school? After high school, I worked a okay. lot. Um, I worked at the mall, at mm-hmm. different places in the mall. Mm-hmm. And then um, I ended up working at a tanning salon, actually. Oh, I was the fun. manager. Oh, how fun. Yeah. Um, for about five years. And then I went to um, work as a loan officer oh, wow. for Countrywide Loans. Huh. Wow, that's great. <laughs> yeah. That's a huge range it was of a range. different things. From, yes. Yeah. Tanning manager to loan officer. To loan officer. Yes. <laughs> yeah. That's great. So um, were you a Christian at the time or when did you become a Christian or how did that all unfold for you? Um, I definitely was not a Christian. Okay. But we did grow up Catholic. Oh, okay. So we, um, I went to church every Sunday with my parents mm-hmm. and it was a lot of just going to church. I didn't understand anything. I went through um, confirmation and took classes, but it just was all over my head. I didn't have a really good concept of who God really was. He was just God, you know, it it wasn't like there was no relationship. Mm. And um, going to church every Sunday was truthfully boring. Right. Um, I didn't understand anything the priest was saying. I didn't understand what was happening. It was just something we did. So I grew up with that just background for, um, I became a Christian when I was almost 30. Mm. And um, I lived my life just the way I wanted to. And God was just someone um, I needed when things were bad and I would pray just our Father, you know, the um, Lord's Prayer, and that was it. I didn't have, like, a speaking relationship. Right. So um, I... I actually also worked as a community manager, like a HOA manager. Wow. And at that this was at the point where I became saved. Okay. Um and I had met a uh, man named Alex mm-hmm. who owned a construction company. Okay. And he would come in and try to get business from us. So I thought he was so kind and mm. so funny and so nice that um he became friends with us. And so he's the one who um, really brought me to Christ. Oh, wow. Yeah. He he asked me if I went to church, and I said, no. Well, yeah, I go to church, you know, sometimes. Um, and he was like, oh, you should really go to church. <laughs> and um, it, it was just weird because he was this, like, 30-something-year-old right. single man who right. – Went why to was, church. Yeah, why, exactly. Why are you going to church without your parents? You know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally. So um, he 
was going to his parents' church, mm-hmm. but also to Compass. Oh, okay. And I, he invited me to Compass one day. Okay. And I came, and Pastor Mike was preaching on Romans. Okay, right. And it was the first time where I was just, like, it, my eyes were opened. Mm-hmm. I, wow, he's teaching from the Bible, and mm-hmm. it's actually interesting. Wow. And I wanted to come back and mm-hmm. learn more. Right. And I wanted to do it for myself at this mm-hmm. point. Right. And so I didn't go to church with Alex. Okay. But I went to church on my own. Oh, wow. And so I started going to Saturday night services. Mm-hmm. And um, one Saturday night, it was good, or I went to Good Friday. Okay. And I went on Good Friday, and that's when. Um, Pastor Mike was preaching on, um, I forget how many phrases, uh, but there was a man on the cross okay. that night, and it was like dark. Right. And so Was I, it the I am statements? Yes, okay. the I am yes. statements. And that was the first time mm-hmm. that I realized, whoa. Yeah. Jesus, who I had always known, yeah. oh, Jesus died on the cross. Right. For our sins, but yeah. like truly, he mm-hmm. died for me, and I just it was that was it for me. Wow, my eyes were opened. I wanted to submit my life to Christ, and that was that was the turning point of my life. Life changing, life changing. Yeah. So, were you dating Alex at the time, or it was um, not really dating at the time? Kind of. He was he was in a weird spot himself in his life. Mm-hmm. Um, and he had told me many times that we were not going to date. Oh, how funny. I did have a crush on him. <laughs> yeah. And that's why I started going to church on my own because I'm like, I don't, I don't want this to be for someone else. Right. Because you want me to. Right. It's, yes. I need to make sure. Yeah. That's wise. Yeah. Yeah. What did your parents think? I mean, did you share with them or did they think you were just kind of going extreme or maybe yeah. doing it for Alex or? Yeah, at first. No, but well, my mom, she she actually said she prayed a lot for me mm-hmm. um, as I was growing up um, because of the lifestyle that I had. Okay. She said for years she had been praying that I would know the Lord. Wow. And wow. when I became a Christian, she was super excited. I mean, she was so thankful. Yeah. But then it was, it was hard because the God that I knew was then also different from the God that she knew. Right. So it did cause some friction in our family for a little while. Yeah. So then what happened with you and Alex after that? Well, um, Alex and I did start dating Mm. seriously and but um, he, a month after I got saved, he was diagnosed with leukemia. Oh, wow. So he um, was very sick. And at that point, we didn't really date because he was sick and he was admitted to the hospital for 30 days. And um, I knew at that point, though, the faith of this man was um, so incredible because prior to that getting sick, he was also living a life that he wasn't he knew wasn't pleasing to the Lord. Mm-hmm. And at one point, he had prayed to God, um, God, I can't I can't continue living this way. 
So please break me. Please help me, even if it's cancer, even if you have to, even if it's a sickness. Wow. And so, That's so a crazy. few months after that, he was diagnosed with leukemia. Wow. And so that was a turning point. Yeah. As well for him. Mm-hmm. And so for me to see that, because he told me in the hospital that the day he was admitted, um, I'm not crying and I'm not sad because I'm sick. I'm, mm. I'm sad. I'm, I'm crying because of how much God loves me. Wow. To bring me back to him. Wow. Like at this point. That's amazing. It faith. was incredible. Yeah. And so that was also just a wake up call for me of like, okay, this is real yeah. faith. Right. You know, totally. That must have been attractive to very to, much. I, I mean, just to see a man who's that solid mm-hmm. and, you know, really just that firm in his faith and just says, you know, whatever it takes to mm-hmm. get closer to God, I'm ready to embrace that. Yeah. Wow. It was, I've never seen anything like that. Yeah. You know, or heard anyone right. say that. Yeah. So for me, I was a new Christian and mm-hmm. I was just, it was incredible. And so we spent, um, those 30 days, I was his friend. I I mean, we were best friends. So I spent that time with him in the hospital. We did Bible studies together. We watched sermons together. We read the Bible together. We prayed together. I mean, that was such a sweet time that we were able to get close in a way that was deeper than if we were just dating in the outside world. Yeah, absolutely. So, was he okay after that or he did go into remission okay. for a few months and then he um fell out of remission and had to have a bone marrow transplant oh wow um his sister happened to be a perfect match for mm-hmm. him so um they prepared him for that and and he we at that point we were dating pretty seriously mm-hmm. um and he had told me, you know, if I get out of this well and in remission, Bernadette, like, I want to marry you. Mm-hmm. Wow. So he thankfully did. Oh, um, exciting. Yeah. And he had the transplant mm. and um, went back into remission. And that was in um, May of 2017. Okay. Um, and we got married in... I'm sorry, 2011, and we were married in 2000, May of 2012. Okay. Yes. Yes. So about eight years ago. Yes. Yeah. Eight years ago. Wow. That's exciting. Yes. So you guys got married pretty soon. We did. We got married pretty quickly. Were both of your families excited about it? They were excited, but I, my mom had some concerns, yeah. you know, and, and her friends and family had some concerns for me because they knew he was sick. Yeah. They knew I was marrying someone with cancer. Right. And I remember her having this conversation with me and she's like, you know, are you sure? Um, people are worried. And I told her, mom, I don't, he could be in a car accident tomorrow right and I wouldn't totally. know so I love him yeah and we're gonna get married yeah so yeah. we did super wise <laughs> yeah but they loved him oh so. I bet they did yeah 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 definitely mm-hmm. and then did you you guys went on to have a son we did we had a son um we had Logan in 2014 okay 
August of 2014. So he's um, almost six or just turned almost, six? He's almost six. Okay. Yes. Um, but while I was pregnant, we went to Hawaii for our baby moon. And that's when we found out, and that was April of, sorry, my years. That's um, okay. 2014, April. Um, we found out that the cancer was back. Oh, wow. That must have been hard. It was really hard. Um, and it was back in a tumor form. Okay. So it was kind of aggressive and mm. it was in his eye. Oh, wow. So we, um, you know, it was hard not to be concerned, um, pregnant, you know, on our baby moon that the cancer was back, but we knew we trusted the Lord and the doctors were saying, you know, we just need some radiation and we'll, we'll get it under control and we'll be okay. Yeah. So, and he was young and healthy. He was young and healthy. Yeah. I mean, there were, there were problems, you know, after the bone marrow transplant, there's always some lingering issues, but not, not anything major. Right. Yeah. He worked, he still worked really hard. He was he just lived his life. Construction company. Construction still. company. Yeah. It's still. Right. Um, he lived his life. He never. We yeah. never talked about sickness or death. Mm. Yeah, and you guys were still faithfully going to church and yes. involved at church. And yeah, we were very heavily yeah. involved. We were um, leaders in the Thrive Ministry. Yeah, and he um, was doing men's Bible study, mm. and so yeah, we lived a really full life. Yeah, and um, he never complained about being sick. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Really, truly ever. Wow. So That's when amazing. we got that um, diagnosis, it was it, it rocked our world, but we um, we knew that there was a plan. So we, we came back and he started doing radiation mm-hmm. and then it went away. So it worked on his eye um, and the tumor was gone. And so we were just excited about that. And then um, I think... Logan was then born in oh, August. How fun. And he was able to be a dad. And yeah. he was so good with him. Mm-hmm. And he was such a fun dad. Um, and he was really, really obsessed with, with Logan. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Changed all the diapers. Yeah. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. So cute. So then um, August, that was August few more times he tumors came back it wow. was it was so aggressive that it was attacking different areas of his body so there was different um uh surgery procedures through that and more radiation and it wasn't until january um and and, and in december in december is when i noticed he was pretty run down um, and exhausted. And that mm. was the first time that I had seen him, you know, say no to things and be exhausted. Right. So in January was when the doctor said, hey, we need to um, get you back in here and you might need a second bone marrow transplant. You need to do chemo again. It's attacking, like, I think your kidney and liver and things need to be happening now. Wow. So he went in... Um, in the middle of January to start um, his chemotherapy. And he went to UCI Medical instead of City of Hope. He chose to be closer to me and okay. Logan yeah, um, so that we could visit him. And um, 
he did chemo. He did great. He was still working from the hospital. And then um, at the end of January, two weeks later, he his immune system was so low because of the chemotherapy that he um, had an infection. So an infection from the hospital um, infected his body. He couldn't fight it off. Oh, wow. And that's when um, we we lost him. Wow. He, he passed away January 31st wow. of 2015. Mm. Wow. That must have been shocking for you, especially yeah. with a new baby. Yeah. And, I think you know, a new marriage, you're young. Mm-hmm. Wow. Five months old. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, and you, in a sense, I mean, had been a Christian for what, just a few years? Yeah. 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 That yeah. That's hard. Five years. I mean, yeah. For a, you know, fairly right. young Christian, right. young woman, right. newly married, brand new baby to lose your husband like that. Right. I, I can't imagine how painful that must have been and yeah. even how challenging for your relationship with God. Oh, yeah. You know, and your trust in God. Yeah. And as you had watched him trust in God through that whole journey, you know, just then being left alone. Yes. To trust in God on your own. Yeah, it was, it was, um, yeah, it was one of the hardest things that I had ever gone through. Um, and, you know, we know the stages of grief, right? Yeah. So yeah. I, I did go through those. Yeah. I went through um, just the denial and the, the anger and the questioning. And it was, I went through a really dark period where I was bitter and angry. Yeah. Um, and it was hard for me to see people living their life Mm. around me, married, right. Having more babies, right. You know, the life that I had dreamed I would have. Right. And, um, it was, it was so, hard to be involved at church and want to go to church. Church was our church was like our second home. We right. loved being at church together. We were here three times a week. Yeah. So being at church without my husband was really hard. Right, totally. And seeing other families and especially during worship and and you know that's that's always yep. the part um the times that I would just bawl my eyes out. But yeah. um and so at some points, I, I didn't want to go back to women's Bible study. I didn't want to go, I didn't want to be around people. Mm-hmm. And, but my friends who were faithful, mm-hmm. they did not allow me to be alone mm-hmm. for long. Right. <laughs> um, and I even had the convictions of, okay, I, I, I don't want to be at church and I don't want to be in women's Bible study, but I know it's the right thing to do, mm. so I'm going to do it. Right. And I went in there, I remember going back and thinking, I, I didn't even want to take notes, Stephanie. Like, <laughs> right. I, I didn't, I didn't yeah. take notes and I was just kind of checked out and I went into my group and there was this new woman mm-hmm. in our group. And she introduced herself, and she was a widow. Oh, wow. And I had not known any other widows at that point. Wow. She was a younger widow. Mm-hmm. She had no children. Wow. She was dealing with um, an autoimmune issue, mm-hmm. and she was really discouraged. Wow. And it was just this, like, boom. God just... Orchestrated that. Orchestrated that and, like, gave me this perspective of, 
look, you're not alone. Mm. And you guys could be even friends and helping each other. And and, yeah. and there's this, you're here at Bible study, you know? And, right. and I, so it was um, just a really good reminder of how God was so faithful and how he loved me even mm-hmm. in this way that was, you know, where I felt alone right. and no one understood. And right. then here he comes with another widow. Wow. Um, and that wasn't pre-arranged. No. It was just God's <laughs> yeah. providence, his mm-hmm. love towards you and towards her too. Right. Wow. Right. Super cool. Yeah. It was just a sweet reminder yeah. that he loved me. Yeah. Even, I mean, there were so many reminders. Like there's just been so many yeah. things where he's shown me like, as far as you want to be away from me, like I'm not leaving your side. He mm-hmm. will not forsake me. So, right. um, and he hasn't. And mm. so I slowly, you know, um, started reading my Bible again, started yeah. praying, started wanting to be with people um, who would encourage me and rebuke me when I needed it yeah. and um, <laughs> who loved me. Yeah. And he, he showed so much love through the people. Mm of this church and around me. Well, you're very easy to love. That's for sure. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) Yeah. Wow. What would you say to, you know, someone listening who feels like they're going through a really dark time right now and, you know, they're in that same place where they feel maybe like almost like outcasts, you know, Mm -hmm. I, I mean, like you don't fit in, like you said, you know, it's hard to look at other people's lives and feel like, wow, well, their lives progressing in the way that I wanted my life to progress. And now it's been interrupted. And, you know, that feeling that keeps you isolated Mm -hmm. and, you know, just how would you encourage them to, you know, do the same thing that you did and kind of overcome just the despair and, and press on? I would encourage them to um, really not, I know it's hard not to be in that isolated, um, that isolation, Yeah. but to not stay there, right? right? Don't, don't stay there. You can't stay there. And to have people, even if it's one or two people that you trust and know that they love you, like you need someone to speak freely to too, right. to know and to be able to speak truth and and how you're feeling and it be a safe place for them, right. um, but also to know that they're, and not to resist them dragging you out of that isolation. And it's, it's just don't stay there. It's, it's not, um, it's not a good place. And to also the perspective of knowing that people's lives aren't perfect and yeah. and it's easy to look around us especially now with social media right it's so easily um, influenced and mm. people just put their highlight reel right on social media so you think that their lives are perfect but right. it's not and that also it could be worse there's mm-hmm. there's just there's also so many situations that could be worse I mean I looked at my life and I was I was having a pity party. Right. But I had a healthy child. I had, um, a home. I had friends. I had a church family. I had, there's so many things that you could be grateful for. So to find 
um, those things to be thankful for. Right. Um, instead of what you don't have. Yeah. Right. It's just the perspective and, um, the mindset of let's focus on what we can be thankful for and not what we don't have. Right. Yeah. That makes great sense. How would you encourage the women that are listening that just feel like they just feel different than others? I mean, even with what you shared, I mean, you moved a lot as a child, Mm -hmm. you know, and then you met Alex and you lost him at such a young age and, you know, you were there and I'm sure most of your friends were married. Right. And I'm sure that you just felt always like the third wheel or something. Right. How do you, how would you encourage our friends to just keep going in spite of that? Because that just can really get to you, you know, when you feel like you're just too different than everyone else. Yeah, where you feel like you're um, alone in this. But but we're not. I, I think we have to remember that we're not alone in this, but to, I kind of had to fake it till I made it yes. in a way yeah. of just pushing myself mm-hmm. to do the uncomfortable, um, to make those relationships work. And I mean, not to, to be annoying, but right. to reach out and, and find a common ground. There's, there's some common ground somewhere, yes. you know, it's either a mom, another mom or, um, a wife or whatever it may be, there's something you have in common and yeah. we just have to also be vulnerable and to, to let your guard down a little and to really share yourself. Yeah. If, if we have our guard up and we feel different, um, no one's going to know right. that layer underneath, you know, and you're going to have that guard up. And, um, I think, I think that's, that would be my encouragement is to let your guard down a little bit, mm. let people in. Yeah. Super wise. Yeah. What you're saying reminds me of a verse actually that I heard in a teaching from Elizabeth Elliot personally. Uh-huh. And uh, she quoted Romans thirteen fourteen, which says, put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for the flesh. And she said, you know, sometimes it is just a put on. Mm-hmm. It's like you're you're having to choose to do this, even though you don't feel like doing it. Maybe it's not even what you want to do, right. but you know it's the right thing to do. So you you press on, you move forward, and like with you, God meets you there. He does, yeah. and He blesses you for it, and right. He like uh, He's faithful. And he He loves us, yeah. right? He He truly cares yeah. for each and each and every one of us. Yeah. Wow. That's super encouraging. Well, we're actually out of time. So we will continue your amazing story in our next episode. But thank you so much for even sharing this. It's just been super fun to get to hear, you know, about how God brought you to him and your story with Alex and your son and just how God, you know, got you through the pain in that. 
Um, we are going to again wrap up. So thank you so much for listening. Please don't forget to subscribe to our Women in Faith podcast. Share this with your friends, uh, like it or comment on it. It helps our uh, ratings to go up when you like it or comment on it. And you can email WF for Women in Faith at compasschurch.org with any questions or topic suggestions that you have. And we're going to join again with Bernadette and just continue to hear her story and to hear how God has helped her to really just continue to depend on Jesus through difficult times. So uh, looking forward to joining you again, Bernadette. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah.